0: podcast is presented by Wellspring of Life Church, a community of faith, hope, and purpose. Good evening, everybody. I don't know about you guys, but I felt the Holy Spirit moving during worship. It was pretty incredible. So tonight, I'm going to share kind of share my story with you through the lens of another story in the Bible. And I'm hoping, willing to bet, that some of you, if not many of you, or all of you will be able to relate in some way. Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Now when I say tonight, I'm going to share a little bit about my story. That right there was not my story for a long period of time. In fact... If you read the verses before that, that was more of a reflection of where I was at for a large part of my life. But what I want to do tonight, and what I felt like the Lord is putting on my heart to share with you guys, because I think he's just been speaking to me a lot lately about this subject. And um, I want to share with you guys about the story of Jacob. And if you guys know the story of Jacob, then um, you'll see, you probably know of what my life reflected for most of my life. So I want to I just walk through a few things. We're not going to read all of it, you know, because I don't want to like pick up in Genesis 25 and then take us all the way through 32 reading through. But we are going to take bits and pieces as we go through and I want to start in Genesis 25, verses 22 and 23. So, all you guys are getting there. If you if you want to follow along, just a little bit more here. I think a big part of my life has been chasing the blessing, and I wouldn't just I wouldn't have come out and say that because, for the most part, blessing is kind of a Christian or at least a religious term, for the most part, and. That's not where I was at for a lot of my life, even though I was raised in the Christian church. My idea of blessing was um, the goodies, right? The things, more of like a hedonistic view of what blessing is. And if you don't know what that means, it's just like the things that make you feel good um, or the things that bring you pleasure, happiness. That was kind of the pursuit. And I think for a lot of people who are chasing the blessing, their focus is kind of on that, especially those outside of the body of Christ. That's kind of their idea of, of living a blessed life, and even we hear some of that in the church itself. Some pastors out there um, that that will proclaim, like, your best life now, and um, God wants you to be healthy, happy, and um, wealthy and all of that stuff. That, that comes from a misconception of what a blessing really is. In fact, the Hebrew word for blessing that we read here in Jeremiah 17 and other passages like in number 6 where it's like the Lord bless you and keep you, that word is barak, which actually is the, the notion of bringing you to your knees in praise. So to live a blessed life is to live a life from our knees praising the Lord. Nothing in there about all the wealth and prosperity. So in Genesis 25, verses 22 and 23, it says, The children struggled together within her, and she said, If it is thus, why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb, two peoples, From within you shall be divided, the one shall be stronger than the other, the older shall serve the younger. So as we're talking here about Rebecca and the the two inside are Jacob and Esau, right? And we're focusing here on on Jacob being the younger. Already here in the womb, God is proclaiming that Jacob is going to be born with a specific blessing. However, for a big portion of his life is going to be devoted towards chasing the blessing that he already has, but doing it in a way that he's never meant to do it. Does that make sense? And for all of us, we are born with a blessing, right? There is that notion that God created, molded each and every one of us, and from the beginning, from the womb, we have been blessed, but then when we come out of the womb... You know, if you've had kids, they don't come out selfless, loving Jesus, serving like, like, no, I mean, we've got to be molded still, but we have been given the blessing. Back to Jeremiah, I'm going to be flipping all over the place tonight, guys, just so you know, Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, we have this verse up in our son's room. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Now, while this is speaking to Jeremiah specifically, we know that God knows us in the womb, that God has a purpose for us from the womb before even we enter the womb. Psalm 139, verse 14 says, I am fearfully, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And God has manufactured each of us intricately, intricately with a blessing for a purpose in this life. The rest of uh, verse 14 says, wonderful are your works, my soul knows them well. And before that, in verse 13, it said, for you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's We know that God has this intimate knowledge of who we are and a design on our lives that we are born with, but then something goes wrong. We end up acting like Jacob. I ended up acting like Jacob, where I'm going to try to chase the blessing, but my vision of what the blessing is is not at all what God's blessing was on my life. Some other verses. Colossians chapter 1. Verse 16 says, For by him, by Jesus, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And therein lies the blessing. Right? From the moment we are made, we are marked to live a life for Jesus. Everybody, even the people that don't believe in Jesus, don't recognize Jesus, that was the blessing that they were born with and have chosen to not walk in it. Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which he prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And I think that's really encouraging for, for me to know that there has been things that God wants me to do with my life. And no matter how bad I screwed it up for the first almost three decades of my life, he was still faithful to pursue me just like he is with Jacob. And he still has me on a path. He still has things designed for me to walk in just like he has for you. Even if you have not chosen that, you were born with that. You have been marked with the blessing from the beginning. And remember, the blessing means to live a life on our knees and praise to the Lord. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at three examples here of how Jacob tried to chase the blessing in his own way. So we'll flip over or back to Genesis 25, and now over to verses 29 through 34. So Esau comes in, he's famished, on the verge of of dying, so he thinks, and Jacob's going to take advantage of this. Once when Jacob was cooking stew, Esau came in from the field and he was exhausted. And Esau said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stew, for I am exhausted. Jacob said, sell your birthright now. Esau said, I'm about to die, of what use is the birthright to me? Jacob said, Swear to me now, so that, we, so that he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil stew, and he ate and drank and rose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Little to Jacob's knowledge is that birthright was already his. So he just manipulated Esau out of something that wasn't Esau's in the first place. So here, we see Jacob pursuing a blessing through selfish ambition. And that, that was my story for a long period of time, and I admit there's times I'm still selfish. I would be lying if I said I wasn't. But Jacob wanted the birthright at the expense of his brother. He sought to exploit his brother. He, he sought to manipulate people in his life to achieve a goal of achieving a blessing that he wanted. He used what he was good at to take advantage of someone else. You know, the world tells us the message out there is make more money, get the promotion, make the deal, build the retirement fund, establish your comfort, further your goals, with little regard for the needs of other people. And I'm not exactly just saying like going out and manipulating this wrong perception of what a blessing is, and that was me. I wasn't looking at the people that God had placed into my life. I had my four-year plan, I had my career goals, I had relationship goals, I had all of these different things that I wanted to achieve, and so many people passed by that I could have been serving, I could have been loving, I could have been helping, But for a lot of my life, that wasn't the case. You know, at best, if we were to give Jacob like the benefit of the doubt right here, say, yeah, he wasn't exactly like manipulating or exploiting. It's like at the very best, I mean, you'd have to kind of ignore what's said in the Bible, but at the very best, he was at least living through reciprocity. And I've talked about that in here, and this is something I think, more of us could probably relate to, the idea of reciprocity, doing something for someone else in order to get something in return or in the hopes of getting something in return, right? It's, it's the same problem. It's selfish ambition. Jesus calls us to serve selflessly, and to serve selflessly means that you don't care how it comes back to you, Right? If Jacob was living with the blessing in mind, the right blessing in mind, he would have given willingly, lovingly, gladly, given Esau the stew. But instead, here's my chance to get ahead. You know, Philippians 2, verses 3 through 4, talk about doing nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but regarding others as better than ourselves. And not looking after only our own needs, but after the needs of other people. But if our focus is wrong on what the blessing is, then we're not going to get that. We're not going to walk in that. We're going to reflect more of what Jacob is doing here, like I did for much of my life. Second thing, we're going to flip over to Genesis chapter 27. Here, Jacob being the trickster again, that's his life, right? Life of deceit. And deceit has been a big part of my life too, unfortunately. I learned that from, from an early age like Jacob and did that to get ahead. And here, Jacob's going to show us a different example of deceiving others. Genesis 27, verses 5 through 10. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to his son Esau. Isaac had just told his son. You know, go out, kill some game, come back, prepare it so I can eat it before I die, and I can bless you. But Rebekah heard it. So when Esau went to the field to hunt for game and bring it, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, I heard your father speak to your brother Esau. Bring me game and prepare for me delicious food that I may eat it and bless you before the Lord before I die. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice as I command you. Go to the flock and bring me two good young goats so that I may prepare them delicious food for your father, such as he loves. And you shall bring it to your father to eat so that he may bless you before he dies. So here it's not Jacob coming up with the idea, it's his mom. And sometimes we can pursue blessings outside of God's plan because of the persuasion of other people in our lives. And I didn't always surround myself with the best influences. Sometimes I was the bad influence. Sometimes it was the other people that were a bad influence. However, we fed off of each other, just like Jacob's mom, somebody that Jacob should have been able to trust is going to lead him in a deception. You know, Rebecca, even though she came up the plan, Jacob is going to, he's not going to refuse. He's going to do everything to a T, even though he voices some concern about it. His concern is getting caught, not whether or not it's the right thing to do. So you know already it's not taking a lot of persuasion because this has been Jacob's heart from the beginning. And he's trying to pursue this, this blessing, on behalf of his mom, his mom living from a place of fear just like Jacob is. Psalm 1 talks a lot about, actually, throughout the Psalms, you get a lot of contrast, you know, wise foolish, and and the outcomes of those. Psalm chapter one, verse one, says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yield its fruit in its season, and its leaves do not wither. It's kind of like the verse that we read before from Jeremiah 17 verses 7 and 8, this analogy of the tree and always having the source of life and never withering because your focus is on the Lord. But instead, there are people who will take counsel or or do things that other people are suggesting that you do or, you know, there's always going to be people out there that don't want you to serve the Lord wholeheartedly. And it might not be like, outright open deceitfulness. It could just be like, ah, you, you don't need to go to church. You don't need to do that stuff. Let's just ah, let's just stay home. Let's let's not serve. Oh yeah, those people are broken down the side of the road. We're late. Keep moving. It can be those simple suggestions of ignore the people around you. Don't pour your heart heart into your faith. Don't pursue Christ wholeheartedly. Those things are very similar to what Rebecca is doing to her son right here. Don't walk in the plan that God has for you. That is what she is saying. Don't trust the Lord. Do it your own way. And I had people in my life speaking those things into me, and just like Jacob, it it tied into that selfish pursuit that I already had. Romans 12, 2 says to not be conformed to the world, right? To to have our minds renewed in our faith and to not think that way, to be focused on the Lord, to have the right mindset of what it means to be blessed and to pursue Christ. Let's look at a a third time here. Skipping all the way over to Genesis chapter 31. A lot of his life has gone by, so he left Jacob left home. That was a big negative outcome, breaking up of the family, and he goes and he's serving Laban to try to earn a wife. And, you know, it it doesn't go like he had planned. The trickster gets tricked multiple times throughout this. It's, It's like, you know, you reap what you sow big time in this story for Jacob. And even through all of it, God was with him, right? God blessed him at this this point. But that wasn't enough for Jacob because Jacob still doesn't see that it is God at work, what blessing actually means, and what he's gonna end up doing is tricking Laban one last time. In Genesis 31, verses 26 through 31, and this is after Jacob has like separated the, the spotted and the, the impure sheep and goats and God still produced, even though Laban was trying to take all the male goats from him, and God still made it happen for him, and, and Jacob witnessed all of this miraculous stuff going on in his life, God at work in his life, but he still has the blinders on. And God calls him and says, all right, it is time for you to go back it's time for you to leave. So, so Jacob's going to do that. He's going to follow the call of God, but he's not going to do it in the right way. So you look at verses 26 through 31. Jacob had fled and Laban had, had caught up to him. And Laban said to Jacob, what have you done that you have tricked me and driven away my daughters like captives of the sword? Why did you fleece them song? And tambourine and lyre. And why did you permit, not permit me to kiss my sons and my daughters farewell? Now you have done foolishly. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Be careful not to say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. And now you have gone away because you long greatly for your father's house. But why did you steal my God's? Jacob answered and said to Laban, "cause I was afraid, for I thought that you would take my daughter or take your daughters from me by force." So even in doing what God asked him to do, he did it in a false way. He did it out of fear. He operated here out of fear, and that is oftentimes a big reason why we pursue blessings is we're afraid. We're afraid that God's not going to show up. We're afraid of what God's blessing actually looks like. We're afraid that we're not going to get what we want in this life. Or we're afraid of confrontation. Or we're afraid that we're going to get hurt. Or we're afraid that we're going to have to be uncomfortable. Or we're, gonna, uh, or we're afraid that we're going to be unsafe. You know, Jacob had the okay to leave. But because he did it in a deceitful way, it's still wrong. He fled to avoid the confrontation with Laban. He tried to take the easy way because he was afraid. And even though God called him back to the land, Jacob tried to do it in a way that required less of him and ended up hurting other people. You know, we can do what God wants us to do, but we hurt our own efforts and the potential outcome of being faithful When we hold back, when we try to maintain our comfort, when we bypass the difficult parts of the calling on our lives, when we try to pursue God's calling in our pajamas, in our living room, on our sofa, in our cars, in the comfort of not knowing if we're going to be able to cover bills because we gave a lot this month or whatever the case may be. But if God calls us to do something, we can't do it out of fear. We can't because it is going to hold us back. And for a lot of my life, I I claimed to be a Christian. I, I believed in Jesus. I even did things to show that I was a follower of Jesus, but so much of it was watered down. I would say still there's times that I do it watered down. And there are people in my life, there are people in your lives that need you, need us, to not follow out of fear. We hold back so many times from a deeper devotion. We hold back from extravagantly serving other people. We hold back from giving in a big way. Because we're afraid. And we're afraid that we're going to lose our comfort and we're afraid that we're going to lose our security. Imagine if Jesus was afraid of that. Imagine if Jesus said, nah, cross thing's not for me. That's going to hurt. Nah, I've made some good friends here and the disciples, I don't want to leave them behind. Or if the disciples are like, no... We got a good thing going on. I'm not going to go proclaim the gospel somewhere that might result in my death. And I believe, guys, I truly believe that the calling of God on our lives to live life from our knees in praise of him is going to require danger at times. It is going to require us to be very uncomfortable at times. And I ask you guys, when is the last time you got uncomfortable in the service of Christ? First Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 12 through 13 says, and, and Paul here speaking a blessing and, and praying over the people and speaking over the people say, says that may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you so that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness before our God the Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints to abound to increase to grow to to love more and more and more and more and not just followers not just our family not just the people in our lives but everybody to love extravagantly is what we are called to do and back in Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13, you know, you can go through this, and in my Bible, there's like that subheading that says, the marks of the true Christian, because here, it's like a laying out, it's like, if you are living for the blessing, the blessing that you were marked with at the beginning, to live your life from your knees in praise of Christ, here's what that's going to look like, let your love be genuine, with the actual blessing in mind, because all of those things, when we live with that blessing in mind, we are being a blessing to other people. So finally, we're going to wrap Jacob's story up in a way that God has been working in my life, and I'm so, so thankful for. We're going to go to Genesis 32. After all the wake of destruction, and even through the wake of destruction and and hurt people that Jacob has left behind himself, and through God's provision and all of that, finally God's going to get him to a place where his eyes finally open up. Genesis chapter 32, verses 24-24. 26, or through 26, says, And Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. When the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. Then he said, Let me go, for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And there's a lot of debate about what this figure is right here, but we know one thing is for sure God is confronting Jacob at a decision point in his life before he returns home on the journey back home, and he needs to decide what kind of man he is going to be. And he ended up having to make Jacob feel pain to do it. It never says that he put his hip back in place. It's fair to assume that Jacob lived injured the rest of his life after this moment. And I don't know about you, but my choices and chasing the blessing in the wrong way has hurt people. And there is still pain that follows me to this day. There is still effects that follow, follow me to this day. And while I've been healed in one way, just like Jacob is going to be healed, he's not going to be healed in other ways. And I, and I really believe that that pain that follows us, keeps our eyes set on Christ. You know, when, when he told Paul that his grace is sufficient after Paul is praying to have this thorn removed from his side, and God didn't do it, and God's not going to remove all the thorns on our side because what they do is they keep us dependent on him and his blessing and necessary if it wasn't for us. And our lack of vision in life And I've had to wrestle with God. And I'm sure you guys have had to wrestle with God, however that looks in your life. And it has been painful. There have been very painful moments in my life where I have had to make a decision which direction I want to go in my life. And I have had to fall on my knees and cling to God just like Jacob did. See, I'm not letting go. Jacob is finally where he was meant to be from the very beginning, on his knees in praise. And God does that to us, doesn't he? He's not going to live the perfect life after this. We know Jacob messes up. He's definitely not a model for what it means to be a father by any stretch of the imagination, but he still walks in pursuit of God. We don't see any examples of him living a life of deceit or tricking people or pursuing a blessing like he had done in the patterns of his life up to that point. You know, John chapter 10, verse 10 said, when Jesus is speaking to, to us, to his disciples, and by extension to us, that the enemy seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and you may have it to, to the full. And that life is not the life that many of us choose to live. We choose to partner with the enemy in the pursuit of a blessing that we were never meant to pursue. And what happens is our life gets wrecked. Other people's lives get wrecked. We're tied up in anxiety and worry and stress. And Jesus is just saying, come to me. Come to me. You know, this story of Jacob, my story, can all be traced back to the garden. Everything in this Bible can be understood through the lens of the garden. What God did is he gave Adam and Eve the choice of two trees. And for each of us, we have the choice of those same two trees. One tree has the forbidden fruit to take knowledge for ourselves, to live a life for ourselves, to elevate ourselves but right next to that tree is the tree of life it's the same thing that john chapter 10 verse 10 is talking about take from the tree and you're going to die because the enemy is here to steal kill and destroy eat that fruit and see how it goes for you or stop and eat from this tree and that's one thing i think a lot of us miss is that adam and eve could have eaten from the tree of life they could have chosen that it wasn't forbidden but they chose to eat from the wrong tree. You know, we can ignore God's path for our lives. And what, what happens probably more often is we try to add to his plan for our lives. Like, yeah, I want the Christian gig, but I want this too. And we know it doesn't work that way. We're not eating from both trees because once they ate from one tree, God took the other one away out of grace, out of mercy, but fortunately, he gave us another tree down the road. You know, guys, we, we can pick, we can grasp for the blessing, we can chase the blessing, or we can cling to the one who gives the blessing. We can bypass the hurt and the pain. We can stop. We can put the fruit down. We don't have to eat from it anymore anymore. Because unlike Adam and Eve, we continue to pluck the fruit from the branches. Every time we choose unfaithfulness, every time we choose ourselves over serving Jesus, we are eating from the tree. In John chapter 4, Jesus is meeting with a woman from the well who has eaten from the tree all of her life. She has had multiple husbands, She is not living a life faithful to the Lord in any way. Just like Jacob. Jacob had been eaten from the tree, but there's God meeting him in the wilderness. There's God meeting this woman at the well. There was God meeting me in my low points of life. In verses 13, 13 and 14 in John chapter 4 Jesus having this conversation about water and Jesus said everyone who drinks this water will thirst again but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again the water that I give will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life so for us guys we have the choice to keep holding on to the fruit and eating from it, or we can lay it down and drink from the water of life. We can cling to, cling to God the way that we are always meant to be, and we can stop pursuing what we think is a blessing and live a life from our knees, grasping Christ and praising Him. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by Wellspring of Life Church in Western Colorado. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please visit wellspringoflifechurch.com. So I will